everyone. Welcome to Exploit It. I'm Alexis Chowski. And I'm Kevin Daly. And this week we're talking about Return of the Living Dead from 1985, directed by Dan O'Bannon. In the dark of the night, something strange is going on. And now the question is, how do we get them back into the ground? Bert, Frank, we have a little problem. Boiler, ten right. No. Ah. 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 Ah
Oh, Land of the Dead, Land Island of the, of the Dead, Diary of the Dead. Oh, yeah, he did do a few more. I was thinking of Land of the Dead. That was the one. Yeah, I've only seen through day. I haven't seen anything after that. But Return of the Living Dead starts with a disclaimer telling you that these events are all true. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay then. <laughs> it's real tongue-in-cheek right off the bat. And we're at You'd Need a Medical Supply. It's Freddy's first day. Yep. He's, uh, he's, he's doing things. Yep. And, um, uh, I'm hyped here because this is a warehouse. I'm like, yeah, this is what I do at my work. I run the <laughs> warehouse. It's like, all right. It's now time my, not my time to shine. Yeah. And his boss, Frank, is showing him around the warehouse. And I'm like, that's exactly what I was doing Friday, showing the new people around. Uh-oh. <laughs> but we don't have what you need a medical supply has. That's, that's good. Because he's like, okay, we need a adult female skeleton with perfect teeth. That's what 2AFPT, you know. Yeah, it's got a whole code for that. <laughs> and he explains, and he's like, okay, take her down, make her a nice Betty buy in this box, make her comfy. Get her some whatever this stuff is, put some packing peanuts on her. <laughs> yep. And they have this dialogue about the skeletons that all have these perfect teeth. Right. Where do they find this? Must have a farm. Yeah, the skeleton farms in India. In India, that's right. Which, actually, I found out um, a lot of movies, uh, skeletons were shipped from India. Hmm. And shortly after this movie came out, um, India's like, we're going to not ship skeletons anymore. <laughs> it's like that monkey meme where they're like the the puppet who's like shifty eyed. Yeah, they're onto us. And one of the things they have in there are split dogs. Is that an actual thing, or do they just call it that? I mean, I know that that makes sense to have the organs and stuff for better yeah. skull. Which at first I didn't know what it was until you get a closer look, and it's. A dog that's literally just, like, cut in half, so you have, like, a cross-section of the dog. Right. And he explains, like, oh, it's for veterinary colleges and stuff. Yeah, so they know the space of all the organs and all that to teach them how to take care of the dog. And Frank, by the way, is played by, what is that actor's name? James Karen? James Karen. Um, he is amazing in this movie. Well, everybody yeah, yeah. is. But James Carey, yeah. he is having such a blast. And he's the uh, he's the shitty realtor in Poltergeist. <laughs> the one that moved to the headstones but not the bodies. Whoops. That it's explained to Coach how he's like, oh, yeah, your house is built on a cemetery. <laughs> we also briefly meet Bert, although we'll have a lot more to do with him later. Who runs You Need a Medical Supply. He's played by Clue Gallagher, who did a lot of westerns and stuff. And he was cast the first day of shooting. Oh, thank God. He he died <laughs> recently, but not we didn't kill him this time. We didn't kill him. He died August 5th this year, but we hadn't oh. talked about him yet. So we didn't, we didn't kill him. <laughs> so he also, uh, Frank... Telling Freddie, he's like, "Hey, you want to see? We sell dead bodies too." Yeah, that's right. We've got the, the singleton cadaver in there. Yeah, it's like, ah, we'll get more on Monday. Yeah, you don't want to get too much stock. It's like being in the restaurant business. 
And then we smash cut to these punks that we don't really meet yet. We're just like the movie's establishing that these characters exist. Right. That there's Tina, the good girl, who's like, we're going to see my boyfriend, Freddy. He just got a job. Who doesn't even look like a punk. It doesn't look like she fits in with the. Yeah, she's like total good girl. And then all the punks. It's, uh, Sandra Lee or whatever. Sandra D. Sandra D from fucking Greece in with these street punks. And they, um, they have that little dial about, I like sex. I like sex and death. Then go fuck yourself to death. <laughs> That's right. And we go back to the warehouse where Freddy asks, what's the weirdest thing you've ever seen? And he's like, oh, well, get this. And he tells this story. You know, you seen the movie Night of the Living Dead? It was based on a true story that happened here. And I'm like, that's weird. <laughs> but well, because he's like, you know, it happened here in 1969. I'm like, wow, Night of the Living Dead came out in 1968. <laughs> but there's like this chemical they have, 245 trioxin, which he says is like, I don't know, some sort of spray on marijuana. It's a reference to Agent Orange, if I recall correctly. Yeah, pretty much it is. It's a little tongue-in-cheek rip on Agent Orange. Then it apparently brought the dead back to life, so they have a bunch of these dead bodies and barrels that were accidentally shipped there instead of the Darrow Chemical Company. Which is the Dow Chemical Company. Yes. And so they've just been holding on to these dead bodies. And he takes them, he's like, you want to see them? And they go down in the basement. Where there's this obvious foreshadowing where he goes, mind the third step, it's a bitch. Yeah, totally not going to come up later at all. And he's like, these things, Freddy asks, these things don't leak, right? Frank's like, of course not, they're made by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. And he slaps one of them and boom, it explodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like some sort of commentary. Yeah. They are also old, to be fair, but. They are, but it's it's fun. And that's when we have our credits and montage and music. The gas is out, and it brings the dead body back to life. Yeah. And it's awesome music. Yeah, actually, well, the whole sound, I mean, oh. I, I did soundtrack sweet. The soundtrack if, is awesome. If you like that sort of, like... That 80s that sort punk? Of 80s punk sound, that, that death punk sound. Sick. And then we get this, like, brief scene... That never even comes up again until the end, where we got this, like, rich army guy, and he has oh, yeah. this phone in his house. And he... Well, I mean, it's, uh, you know, you think it's, um, you get the feeling that it's, he's obviously, you know, tied into the whole, oh, this, these missing canisters thing. Yeah, that he's, his whole job in the army has been waiting, like, 15 years. And, like, he's suffered through this. He's got these weird microwave things. He's got to check in constantly. He's on 24-hour call. And he's been doing this for 20 years at this point. Yeah, and his wife's like, I made land chops for dinner. And he goes, I had them for lunch. And um, this house, by the way, it's, like, really gaudy. It's just really garish decoration. Um, Apparently, they did not decorate this house. This house came that way. And the director, like, in the commentary is like, that was just somebody's taste, and we just left it. <laughs> well, I'd imagine that probably, what the like, even even in context, it doesn't seem like that's his house. Like, Yeah, like the army gave it to him. Yeah. And then we actually get to meet the punks, who I had to write them all down. 
Because we like, need them all at once. That's right. Because there's Tina, the good girl. Spider is the black guy who we'll meet again when we do Friday the 13th Part 5. And I would like to bring out the other thing that he was in. He was DJ in the Street Fighter movie. Oh, he was! <laughs> Which we'll probably do at some point, too. Oh, I'm sure we'll get to that one. That's another favorite of mine. The blonde guy with the mohawk is named Scuzz. Yep. The kind of well-dressed guy that everybody hates is named Chuck. Yeah, because he's kind of a shithead. Yeah. There's the party girl, Casey. There's a horrible bad punk that's, like, driving. And he's just, like, super punk. His name is Suicide. <laughs> and then finally, the greatest one of all, Linnea Quigley plays Trash. That's right. She's the one that's obsessed with death and darkness. She's got, like, a face tattoo, which I guess is ink because it goes off in the rain later. <laughs> right. And they're like, they show up to, to pick up Freddy, who's still working, so they're like, well, let's let's have a party in the cemetery. And it's Resurrection Cemetery. Again, not at all foreshadowing. The cemetery's totally trashed. Yeah, like, this is, like, the most decrepit run that nobody's gone into the cemetery in, like, 20 years. And so back at the, across the street at the warehouse, uh, Frank and Freddy have woken up in their coffin, and they, they spray some Lysol to, to get mean, rid of the smell of death. Like, actual, like, rotting corpse. And interestingly, they talk in the commentary that they contacted Lysol to get permission. And Lysol's like, oh, fuck yes! Our, yeah. our stuff covers up the odors of rotting corpses? Heck, yeah! yeah. Go ahead, free ad! That, yeah, that makes that does make a pretty good ad, doesn't it? Yeah. And uh, they're like, oh, let's not tell Bert about this. But then the fucking split dog. Right. It's the funniest thing. I lost my shit at that. It's like just kind of like spazzing half-heartedly on the ground. <laughs> There's these two split dogs, and they're like, oh my god, burn it, kill it! And the dead body in the freezer's alive. And Frank's like, it sounds sore. <laughs> well, I mean, you got him up on a hook for a while. And so, instead of calling the police or the, the phone number that's on the barrel, they, uh, they're uh they going to call Bert. And they're like, hey, Bert, we have a little problem. And that's a perfect place to stop for a commercial break. Seems good to me. Because that's actually where Tubi stopped for a commercial break. How many times has this happened to you? You're trying to discuss with someone what it looks like on the inside of a dog and they're just not understanding. Oh, if only you had some way to just cut a dog in half and show them. Well, don't go out there hacking apart dogs like some sort of psychopath. We here at You Need a Medical Supply can help you. We have split dogs for sale to save you the effort of cutting them in half yourself. And split dogs aren't all we carry. If you need a medical supply, You Need a Medical Supply has got you covered. We have all kinds of skeletons, male, female, adults, kids with or without perfect teeth, a whole variety of skeletons fresh from the skeleton farms of India. We've also got all kinds of saws and scopes and the usual sorts of medical supplies people need. But if you want a dead body, a whole preserved dead body, we can sell you one, no questions asked. 
We've also got all kinds of experimental government chemicals if you and your friends want to really have a party across the street. So, contact You Need a Medical Supply in Wallville, Kentucky for all your medical and recreational needs. Man, Tubi threw out some all sorts of weird commercial break timings for me. Oh, mine for, fell perfectly in between scenes. Yeah, I, yeah. So then we're back in the cemetery, and Trash is talking about, do you ever fantasize about being killed? And hey, he's she, hanging out with DJ. It's a guy yeah. Spider. Spider. And she just starts talking about death, and like, and it just gets her so horny that she just starts stripping all of her clothes off. And then they go, she's taking off all her clothes, because this happens, uh, this, this happens, happens a it's happened before. <laughs> yeah, that trash has taken her clothes off again. And she's just totally naked except for some socks. But it's kind of weird full frontal. Yeah. Because she has absolutely no vagina. Yeah, like they cut it out? Like, well, What they did is they shot the scene, just regular full frontal with pubic hair. And one of the producers like, we're going to show this on TV. You you can't have pubic hair in this movie. So the director asked Linnea to go shave it all off. And they shot it again with her totally bare. The producer's like, oh, this is even worse. You can see everything. And so they made this, like, I don't know what it's made out of, but it's this little thing to cover her crotch. It's so like she, an anti-mercant. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the same shade as her skin, so you don't notice it. It's just she's like a friggin' Ken doll. And it's also interesting to point out that Linnea Quigley is naked for the absolute rest of the movie. She never puts her clothes back on. Which is weird, because I first saw this movie when I was like 11 or 12 on network television in the afternoon. Which means this character must not have existed in that version. I think she's pretty important to the movie. Yeah. And then, like, later on, she gets, like, this little rag that barely covers her. Her breasts are poking out the whole time. But she dances on a grave, and everyone's walking around with road flares. The song that's playing is, uh, what is it? It's like, Make Love Till We Die. Yeah. By SSQ. It's a Susie Q's band, right? I believe so. Um, Back in the warehouse... Frank and Freddy are going to take care of the, the zombie in the cooler. So they open it and let it out, and it's this totally, like, naked, shaved, clean zombie. Yeah. And they fight, and they're like, well, you know, in the movie, it was like you just, you, you get him in the brain. And so they put this friggin', like, pick through the brain, like a yeah. pickaxe. Fucking Maddox to the head. <laughs> and then the zombie's still going. They're like, like, oh, now you're just torturing the boy. It's like, you said it'd go through the brain. I guess the movie was wrong. You mean the movie lied? That's right. And Bert's there and everything. He's with them. And so they're like, okay, well, we got the mortician across the street. He's a friend of mine. Ernie Clattenburner. So we have Bert and Ernie now. Yes, which was not intentional, by the way. It was not intentional? It was not intentional. The the writer director Dan O'Bannon he didn't even realize until the movie's out and people are like so a Bert and Ernie like Sesame Street he's like oh oh my god I didn't even think of that it just makes it funnier when you do think of that because Ernie you don't get it so much here um, 
it's mostly set design that tells you this guy is a is a Nazi. Right, with the propaganda song playing on. He's listening, and you know, there's a framed photo of Ava Braun. You see, <laughs> he's got the, the the pistol, the German style pistol. Yeah, the the German. I can't remember what brand it. I saw it in the notes, but it's a Luger or something. And also going on in this funeral, like. Trash has finished her dance sequence and is just hanging around naked. Hanging around naked, grinding on, <laughs> grind, grinding on suicide. He doesn't want any of it. Yeah, and he's go. He has that great line about his whole punk outfit. He's like, "This isn't a costume; it's a way of life." Yeah, he's. We never get to explore this more, though, because <laughs> I want to yeah. know what I want to know what his ethos is. But uh, you don't get too much more of him. We don't. Uh, no, because we're back in the in the mortuary, and Ernie just answers the door with a gun. <laughs> well, yeah, and he ex- does. he explains all about what rigor mortis is. It's like massaging out the rigor mortis. <laughs> yeah, it's like they don't teach you in this mortician school. You you got to learn this in the trade. Passed down word of mouth, <laughs> and they're like, oh well. We, we've got something for you, and they pull in all the, the chunks of the zombie that they apparently just cut up into a bunch of pieces that are all still writhing in these bags. <laughs> and there's, there's the best dialogue about the... Yeah, it's a bunch of rabid weasels. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's, that is probably what they would do. We got them by mistake. Well, what do you need me for? Well, you have a crematorium, right? You're going to burn them alive? That's awful. This is the Nazi, by the way. And then they have to explain to him, like, okay, yeah, sorry, it's actually a, a zombie. Cut up into little bitty bits. Just keeps living. Yeah. And Frank is, like, traumatized by all of this so far. He's just, oh, God, oh, no. Uh, every time he's on screen, and it's great. I mean, it is pretty bad. The situation's pretty terrible, when you think about it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, another little quick scene with the... The punks that I only bring up because friggin' Chuck is trying to flirt with everybody. Yeah, he just wants wants some action. And he, um, I can't remember if it's Tina. Yeah, it's not Tina. It's uh the party girl, Casey. Casey, yeah. That he's like, let's have sex. <laughs> She's like, go choke a chicken. Let me bring it up because of that line. Because now we... We get the burning of the zombie, which is hilarious, because, like, it'll burn everything, right? Even the heart? Yeah, it'll just be ashes. Well, we don't even want ashes. <laughs> You'll get the split dogs, too, right? Yes, I'll get the split dogs. And the smoke from the crematorium goes up into the sky and causes a rainstorm. Yeah, it's a pretty intense smoke. Yeah. And apparently this rain burns. Like, trash, she's still naked out in this rain. She's like, ah, my skin burns! Well, it's like, they describe it like acid rain. Remember when acid rain, when, like, everyone was talking about acid rain? Yep, that was about this time, too. There was a whole friggin' Different Strokes episode about it, where some character decided to wash her hair with rainwater because it's, like, the purest water, but it was acid rain and, like, her hair got all fucked up. And it was like, oh, yes, we need to do something. It turned into, like, very special episode about the environment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, those very special episodes from the 80s and 90s were so bad. <laughs> and we get this 
wonderful montage of the dead rising. Yep. And Frank and Freddy are sick. Yep. They are now starting to react very heavily to whatever they just inhaled. And then we have... Oh, while they... Uh, it's Casey and... Who is it that goes... Is it Chuck that goes across the street with her? Yeah, Casey and... Yeah, Casey and Chuck spend the the most of the movie together. They go across the street to try and find Freddy. Um, because everybody's in the car because of the rain, and the windows won't go up. His suicide's like I busted them out, and somebody rips the uh, friggin' I think it's trash that rips the roof just to make a friggin' top. <laughs> oh yeah, but in the warehouse. The zombie that was in the barrel, which is thoroughly rotted and covered in tar, and is like the most memorable zombie of the movie. He's alive, and he utters that immortal line of brains. Right, that's where we get the whole brains thing from. Yep, and like this is also the first one that has fast zombies, but I'm putting air quotes around fast because they're like just at a light run. Normal human speed zombies. (laughs) Yeah. It's established, in fact, that the zombies have no more strength than an average person. Of course, they've got friggin' immortality on their side. Right, that and and tons of numbers. Both of those work together. And he's like, more brains! Live brains! And he eats suicide. Yeah, he gets the the brains. Yep, and this zombie is called Tar Man, by the way. Because he looks like he's dripping tar, because he's like, he's like, rotting... Like, goopy flesh. Yep. And he's also in the sequel. He was such a popular zombie that of all the characters to come back... Well, none of the characters could come back for the sequel, we'll find out, except him. Well, and the, uh, the general. Yeah. But Frank and Freddy are being looked at by the paramedics, and we're going to take a real quick commercial break before we get into them. Good afternoon. This is Colonel Grover of the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Due to recent change in command structure, we now have a ton of 245 Taroxin for sale. This is kind of a spray-on marijuana that we have developed with the Daro Chemical Company, but have discontinued due to some unfortunate side effects. But... Don't let that stop you from trying out this great product. You are tired of the usual strains of Insania or Salvelia? Well, try out 245 Taroxin. You'll get so stoned that you'll think you're dead. No more dabs for you once you've got some 245 Taroxin on you. Y'all get some pretty specific munchies, that's for sure. And the kind that can't be satisfied with just a few bags of Cheetos. But it's worth it for the super strength and, dare I say, immortality you will get from 245 Taroxin. This is the most potent mind and body-altering substance available. After all, it was developed with the full force of the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Not some inbred farmer in western Colorado. So, give 245 Taroxin a shot today. And get your party started. Available exclusively at the Urena 
medical supply. And we're back. So Frank and Freddy are dead. <laughs> I mean, let's just cut right to it. Because the paramedics nope. are like, you have no heartbeats. Your temperature is room temperature. No pulse. And they are They are still thinking. They are still thinking and talking, and they're in incredible pain. And that's when all the dead are really rising. And we get that skeleton pop up, and it's like, do you want a party? It's party time. <laughs> this fucking song, it's called Party Time by 45 Grave. And it's playing this punk rock song while all the zombies are coming alive. And they eat trash, the, the character, not like garbage. <laughs> right. Yeah, trash bites it. Yep. And it's weird because she talks about earlier that her worst fear is just like a bunch of old men gather around her and eat her. And that's well, exactly how pretty she much what hap- Pretty much what happens. They're, they're, they're dead men, but I yeah. mean, that's, that's, a, that's a type of old. They're... Quite old. And inside the mortuary, they're like, what's that sound? It's the dead screaming. Because they're all out there screaming, shrieking for brains. Bert's like, there's got to be a hundred out there. A hundred! And there's a song playing, which I is Surfing Dead by the Cramps. The Cramps, yep. Yep. And the paramedics get eaten by the zombies, and it's one of the best lines in the movie. Because while they're munching on the... The paramedics, the radio and the ambulance goes off, asking about him, and the zombie reaches in and goes, send more paramedics. I mean, the zombies are all intelligent. They basically have full functioning human brains, except, and we'll learn more about exactly what's going on with them from an interrogation later, but uh, they're very single-mindedly obsessed with getting brains for a good reason, as we learn. Yes, because they capture... A zombie. And the punks are in the mortuary by this point, too. Yeah, uh, DJ. <laughs> I'm just going to call him DJ. Uh, Spider, Spider's in there. Spider's in there. Scuzz Tina. is in there. Tina's in there. Tina's in there, yeah. And um, Tina's Damn. all over about caring for Freddy, who has rigor mortis now. Right. You know, and Ernie, the mortician's looking at him, and he's like, oh yeah, these red bruises here that's the blood pulling <laughs> because yes. you're you're fucking dead <laughs> you're dead bro and so they get the half zombie which is a beautiful effect by the way yeah i mean actually the special effects in this, the practical effects in the movie are top notch the half zombie you know they cut the zombie in half so it's just the top and they interrogate her about why you'd eat people and zombies like not people just brains um, because brains kill the pain of being dead. Yeah, it turns out being reanimated corpses is incredibly painful. Yeah, and so now you feel really bad for the zombies. Zombies, like, I can feel myself rot. It's like Jesus, that is actually awful. And then I had an ad here that I had to take a note on because it was for a medicine that's for some sort of uterine disorder. Oh. And, um, you know, it was your normal pharmaceutical ad, but the side effects were, like, awful. 
awful and we're just like every possible worst case scenario <laughs> including death feeling yourself rot and craving yeah. for brains exactly and it's like do not take if you are you know a woman or menstruating or pregnant or smoking or like basically do not take if you're a living human being that's right <laughs> this fucking medicine and then it's like oh this medicine has helped me live free and i'm like has it because of these side has, effects? Has it, though? You're this fucking half-zombie. I would like to point out that the voice actress who is the half-zombie is the voice actress who played Anita Radcliffe the, uh, in 101 Dalmatians, the wife. Oh! The yep. How about that? That is a very random thing to show up, but <laughs> hey, that is what we've got. So we, um... Get trash coming back from the grave. Looking like, uh... She looks like a fucking Thundercat. Yeah, that that's... Yep, there we go. That's what I was trying to place in my brain. Yeah, she She's does look like a Thundercat. Got this, like, fucking pink hair that's sticking straight up. Can't remember the name of that Thundercat, and it's gonna bug me now. Chikara, but pink Chikara, hair. But pink hair, yep. Yeah. And she's, of course, still naked, and still without a vagina. Which is probably a good thing, because now she's a zombie. Yeah, and she just wanders out into the street. It's playing her song, that Make Love Till We Die. Yep. And or she... maybe after, in her case, you know. Yeah. And she kills a hobo. And the uh, paramedics and the police show up. They're all taken out. And the zombies use the radio to ask for more cops. That's right. These fucking zombies. And so Tina babysitting Freddy, because Freddy's turning. Freddy and Frank are both turning, and the half-zombie is just screaming, Brains, 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 brains! Probably in extreme agony at this point. Yep, and... Oh yeah, uh, Freddy does turn. He's like, I love you, Tina, but I finally found that the the solution for my pain is human brains! (laughs) And Frank escapes, and Frank fucking burns himself! Like a boss. Yeah, and it's weird because at the beginning when they're watching Ernie with the with the crematorium, Frank's like, well, what would we need him for? I could have run that machine. And now he does run it. He's not wrong. And he's like, praise to God. And then he just climbs on into the the incinerator there. He's basically like, I'm not going to do this. Yep. Just like a boss, like you said. So like, I'm going to end it now, I'm just going to incinerate it all, and that'll be that. Yep. And we're going to stop for a quick ad. Ladies, everyone is talking about some pretty heavy things these days, but no one is talking about an issue that affects thousands of people every day. I am, of course, talking about MVS. Missing Vagina Syndrome. Often caused by producers who don't know what movie they're making and their demands for nude scenes without genitalia, forcing their actresses to appear like the true Barbie doll. This is the 1980s, and ladies, it's time we started opening up about how MVS hurts us and our communities. If you think you or a loved one is suffering from Missing Vagina Syndrome, please call in today, 209 209- Four five seven seven eight seven eight for more information. 
and we're back. So, we have the cops have built a barricade, but that doesn't last very long. Oh, because they get zombied. Yep. And all the cops are being eaten. Zombies are having a wonderful time. <laughs> well, for the moment, they're, they're relieved for their pain by eating the brains of the, <laughs> the remaining people out there. Um, they eat Spider and Scuzz. So all the punks are dead. Bert... Oh, spider, spider lives. Oh, he does. Yes, Spider. He ends up in the basement later. Spider goes across the street with Bert. Right, where they fought. Well, they try to get the car, right? They get the car, and they get across the street. Ernie, like, breaks his ankle or some shit. Yeah, well, Ernie ends up in the the attic of the mortuary with Tina. Yeah, Ernie breaks his ankle, so they're like, okay, we gotta make a break for it. That's what happens, right? I think this might have been an escape from... From what's-his-name? From Freddy? From Freddy. Yeah, and Freddy's banging on the, the door to the attic. And he's like, please, Tina, please let me eat your brain. If you love me, you let me eat your brain. Hiya, Tom. It's Bob from the office down <laughs> Yes. John Colton's song. Oh, I should put some of that song in into this episode. I mean, this whole scene is literally just, <laughs> must have been the inspiration for regarding your brain. Yeah, it's like, all we want to do is eat is your eat brain. Your what you what you gonna do locked in the attic? What's your long term plan there, there, Lisa? That's right. <laughs> Tina. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Bert finally decides. You know, I'm gonna call the the phone number that's on this barrel and just kind of fess up to the military that we have this shit and it got out. Which interestingly, this is parodied in an entire episode of Community. Oh, is it? Yeah. They um. There's a Halloween party and the the dean has used these government barrels. That he thought was full of taco meat, and so everybody turns into zombies, and he has to call the phone number for the government, and he's like, what the hell is with your taco meat? Let me speak to your supervisor. (laughs) And it's like, oh, that's not taco meat. But yeah, they get a hold of the, the military guy we saw at the beginning, Colonel something or other, and he's like, well, well, thanks for telling me. They're all nice and formal with him. Yeah, they are very polite to him. They're very polite. And they're like, yep, we have a solution. Just wait right there. And their solution is to drop an atomic bomb onto the fucking city. It's a small one. It only kills 4,000 people. Yeah. And that's where we learned that the movie takes place in Kentucky. And that's why Martha was supposed to be on this episode, but she had things come up. Ah, such is life. Because she lives outside of... And I'm going to say the name of this city three times for a reason. Louisville? Louisville or Louisville. Ah. Because Martha, when she couldn't be on the episode, and she's in our group chat for the ads, was very passionate about making sure everyone pronounced Louisville correctly. Yeah, that's what they say out there, right? Yeah, she called me on the phone to rehearse the pronunciation with me. And was like, you make sure that anybody that records the ads, you you all call it Louisville. 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 I, I'm probably still doing it wrong. <laughs> Me too. I don't. I don't have the southern accent. And I was asking with him, like, oh, so they don't pronounce the I's? And she's like, they don't pronounce a lot of things here. And they have some weird pronounce- pronunciations of some cities that are like, isn't there like a Versailles, but they pronounce it like Versailles? Versailles? I don't know. Um, They have and- so many of these like, French names from the 
uh, when France controlled part of the South <laughs> that they just refused to pronounce correctly. <laughs> Louisville being one of them. Yeah, named you know, after King after Louis. King Louis. Louis but, is the, literally the city of Louis. Yeah, Louisville. Louisville. Yep. Then she's like, you're not going to make fun of the people in Louisville, are you? Like, only their teeth. <laughs> I've never met anybody from there, so I can't say anything. No, Martha was telling me all about one day. Because where she lives in Kentucky has this, like, excellent dental college that Lily wants to go to. Oh, that's cool. And that Colgate is headquartered in Kentucky. And then she's like, there's all this stuff, you know, great dental colleges, Colgate is here, but everybody has meth teeth. Well, turns out, yeah, there's only so much you can do if you're smoking a lot of meth. Yeah. There's a limit. Where Uh, were we? We were talking about a movie, weren't we? Yes, yes, yes. So the nuclear bomb goes off and destroys Louisville. There you go. And they're like, yep, yeah, only 4,000 dead. It's contained. Um, Oh, yeah. yeah." don't Don't worry about the fires. The rain will put it out. Yeah, or the acid rain spilling from the sky everywhere else. Right, which then raises more dead. Which, yeah, and we get another montage of the zombies just in every graveyard, even though it's the same graveyard. Right, right, of course. <laughs> but it's supposed to be every graveyard. Right. Uh, this move, and that's how it ends. There wasn't a, a post credit sequence, was there? I don't recall there being a post credit sequence, no. And there are sequels that we will actually do, because um, there's part two, which James Karen comes back as a different character. Yeah, which is pretty amusing and confusing. Yeah, and Tarman comes back. I really have not seen three. I mean, two. I've seen three. I've seen three a hundred times. Return of the Living Dead 3 is one of my favorite movies. In fact, when I was we first started on this show, that one was like in the schedule, but I took it off. Well, we can add it back in, maybe as the do two and three. Yeah, we will sometime. But three is I fucking love three. Um, I can't wait until we do that one. But yeah, Return of the Living Dead was a lot more delightful than I anticipated. It's like, like I said, it's actually good. <laughs> <laughs> it's shot well, it's got great soundtrack, the acting is good, the practical effects are great. It's funny in just the right spots. Yeah, it's not, like, all the way, you know, just slapstick shit. No, I mean, it is a zombie movie. But it's a zombie movie with uh, some tongue-in-cheek humor that keeps it from being too grim. Even though the movie itself was actually pretty grim. Yeah, but it's it's balanced well. Yeah, I never felt like, oh man, this is depressing and oppressive. Actually, the saddest I felt was when that poor zombie is like, it hurts so much. I'm like, goddamn. But they, um, you know, because like I said, I thought when I was like 11 or 12, and I wasn't even really paying that much attention to it. <laughs> and so watching it recently for the episode, I was like, this movie's really delightful. It is delightful. You know, I was having a great time with it, laughing, and I'm glad we did this one. I watched this in my hotel uh, while I was on vacation on my phone, and uh, I'm like, okay, I'll just watch this while I'm before bed, and I'm like completely enamored with it, like I'm just like obsessively watching it. 
It's like, this is really good. Oh, uh, of course, you know, David Lynch would say that you didn't see the movie if you watched it on your phone. I mean, he's he's right. <laughs> in a certain sense. But it's also not like... This isn't an art film. No, it's not. <laughs> I got, I got the, I got enough of what I needed to get. I would have preferred to watch it on a bigger screen, but you know, life. You only have so much time in life. Well, you, you still can if you want. I mean, it's true. It's on Tubi. It's, it's on Tubi. It's free. Free. I could watch it again. Yeah. Of course, when I wrote the schedule, it was on Shutter. <laughs> then when <laughs> I went to watch it, it wasn't on Shutter anymore. It was like, oh, okay. <laughs> But it's on Tubi now, so... Yeah, and I think 2 and 3 are on Tubi as well. Oh, that's that's cool. Um, But yeah, that's Return of the Living Dead. That wonderful movie. If you haven't seen it, definitely watch it. If you have seen it, watch it again, because I know you love it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty pretty fun. Um, big special thanks to Charlie McMullen, William Wright, and Martha Page for recording the advertisements heard in this episode. Make sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you like what we do, make sure to leave a review and let others know. Help get the word out. For more episodes, check out our website, exploititpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, at PodcastExploit, or on Instagram, at ExploitedPodcast. Or contact us at ExploitedPodcast at gmail.com. Coming up, we have our bonus episode on One Cut of the Dead. And next week is Santa Sangre, which we'll talk more then. That's, uh, yep. That's probably an interesting one. Alright, so we will see you then. Hey, Tom, it's Bob from the office down the hall. It's good to see you, buddy. How have you been? Things have been okay for me, except that I'm a zombie now really wish you'd let us in I think I speak for all of us when I say I understand why you folks might hesitate to submit to our demand but here's an FYI you're all gonna die screaming all we wanna do is eat your brains we're not unreasonable I mean, no one's gonna eat your eyes. All we wanna do is eat your brains. We're at an impasse here. Maybe we should compromise. If you open up the door, we'll all come inside.